summary of the Sikha. In this week's parsha, we find three um, listings of ages. The age of Sarah is listed, the age of Avram is listed, and the age of Ishmael is listed. By each one it says a similar thing. Like by Sarah it says, Meya Shana, a hundred years. Esrim Shana, twenty years. Vesheva Shana, and seven years. In other words, the word Shana is written after every grouping. The hundred, the twenty, the decades, and the single years. The same happens by Avram. Avram lived for a hundred years, and seventy years, and five years. And the same thing is also by Yishmol, that he lived a hundred years, 30 years and 70 years each time mentioning years again Rashi tells us by but we find something very strange each, by each one of them Rashi explains it differently Rashi has a different uh, approach to the matter of why it says Shana after each grouping by, by Sarah he says that it, it tells us something each comparison with the two years of the two ages tells us something about Sarah's life she was when she was a hundred she, she could be compared to the age of twenty in regards to sin that just like she didn't sin at twenty she didn't sin by the time she was a hundred either and when she was twenty she was just like seven in beauty just like a seven year old is so cute beautiful Sarah was also as a mature adult she was also as beautiful so each comparison 20 is uh, 100 to 20 teaches one thing 20 to 7 teaches another thing by Avram, Rashi says when he was 100 he was no different than 70, when he was 70 he was no different than 5 free of sin so in other words it seems to be teaching only one thing that from 100 to 70 to 5 he was free of sin in all of them equally which is different than what he says by Sarah because over there it teaches two unique things here it's teaching only one thing he was free of sin the third time by Yishmol he doesn't mention anything at all doesn't even mention the fact that it's three times Shana nothing, he doesn't bring it up at all so it's true the commentaries on Rashi struggle with this question and different people give different answers many of them are difficult the Rebbe says but we don't want to get into that because the general question that the Rebbe wants to ask is if this is something that so many Mepharshim argue about and give different answers and struggle with obviously it's something that we need to understand that is not easily understood so then why doesn't Rashi explain that he should explain why by Sarah he says one thing by Avram different and by Yishmael he doesn't say anything at all therefore we have to say that this is something that is clear if you know the Rashis and you know the Psukim, you'll know the answer. And therefore Rashi doesn't have to address it. So we have to understand what that is. So, the fact that Rashi tells us by Sarah that this is why Shana is written between each uh, number is to tell you that each one is to be interpreted separately. And by Sarah he does in fact interpret separately the, comparis- the one comparison and the second comparison. Age and beauty, uh, 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 sinful, sinless, and beauty. So, from but Rashi makes a rule. Why does it say Shana between each one has to be studied separately? So it's clear that by Avram also 
it has to be studied separately. We have to learn two separate things from those two comparisons, from the fact that Shana is written after each age. And therefore, when Rashi says that Avram at a hundred was similar to seventy, and then goes on to say, and when he was seventy, he was sim- similar to five in regards to sin, not being, not having his sin. But when it, by a hundred and seventy, he means to say that there is something different, separately learned from there, because he made that rule by Sarah already. So then, why doesn't he explain it? He has, he doesn't explain it. There's something to be learned, but he doesn't explain it. The reason is because it's clear from the Pesukim themselves what that comparison between 70 and 100 is. What is that? When Hashem told Avram, you're going to have a baby, Yitzchak. So he wondered, he said, is it possible that I, will I have a baby at, 70, at 100 years old? So Rashi explains that why was it so un, unusual? Because in the time of Avram, people had already become weaker. There was a weakness already descended into the world. And even though in the olden days, back in the Noyach's days and earlier, people gave birth at 500, that's when they started having children, a few hundred years old. But in the time of Avram, it was already down to 60, 70. That's when they were having their children. In other words, you had to have children at a younger age. At an older age, you couldn't have children anymore. So that's why Avram wondered, I'm 100. So is it, you know... At this time, am I still going to have children? So that explains the comparison between 70 and 100 for, for Avram. Normal people had children at 70. Avram was as potent at 100. He had a baby at 100 as he was at 70. His strength was as, he was as strong as a, by 100 as normal people are at 70. In fact, this was something that wasn't even, it didn't even, uh, that's, it didn't even come to light when Yitzchak was born. Avram had a, had a child, Yishmol, when he was 86. So this was already also past the age when normal people had children. So this was something that Avram had. He was strong even at an older age. Which also explains the general thing that happened, the difference between Avram and Sarah in regards to having a child at that time. When Avram said, "Will I have halaben meyashana?" He didn't mean to say it's impossible. Me at a hundred, I'm going to have a baby. That's not what he was saying at all. He was just saying, "Look at that. Hashem has given me the strength, the ability to have children at an advanced age, at 86. Now at a hundred, these were things. It was sort of wonderful, not impossible, not miraculous. Wonderful." Whereas Sarah, she had already gone through menopause, as the the pasuk says. So over here, for for her, it would have been impossible to have children. It took an outright miracle for her to have a child. So for her, it was an uh, it was Hayipolim Hashem Dover. Hashem says, "What do you think? I can't do that. I can make a miracle for you too." But for her, it was a miracle. For Avram, it was just a wonderful thing. He's so much stronger than the average guy. Which, by the way, explains something else. We know the fact is that Avram had children when he was 140 years old. 40 years after Yitzchak was born, Avram had more children. Yitzchak's Akedah uh, was when he was 37 years old, so Avram was 137. The, uh, yeah, 137. And then uh, Sarah died at the time of the Akedah, 
And Avram remarried to Keturah. Keturah was a hogger, he remarried her, and they had children. This was 140, when Avram was 140 years old, and Rashi doesn't say anything at all. S- mention something, Avram, 140 years old, the reason he doesn't have to mention it is because it's already been talked about. When Avram was, uh, was 100, he was compared to 70. In other words, that he could have children, normal people have children at 70, he's having children at 100, and it doesn't mean to stop at 100. Just like when we say that he was pure of sin when he was 100, it doesn't mean at 100 he was a pure of sin, but then later, who knows? No, it means till the end of his life he was pure of sin. So also till the end of his life, at least 140, he was still able to have children. It didn't stop at 100, it went on, and at 140 he was still able to have children. And Rashi doesn't have to mention it because it's already covered in this comparison of uh, 100, he's like 70. This also explains another thing that Rashi seen, that we see in Rashi. There are two Rashis that talk about what happened when Yitzchak was born. One is, the Pasuk says, Henika Bonim Sara. Sara is a nurse of children, of sons question is, she only had one son. Which sons was she nursing? So Rashi says that the people, the, uh, the Saras, the society ladies of the time, were saying that Sarah, yeah, Sarah had a baby. She found a baby somewhere in the street, made it her own, and now she's going around saying that she had a baby. So when they came for the party that, that Avram and Sarah made, she nursed all of their children to show that she's she's physically able to be a mother. She's nursing, which means she had a baby. Then there's another Rashi, which talks about at the beginning of Toilus, it says, Eilu Toilus Avram Yitzchak, Avram Hailedis Yitzchak. It just said, Avram ben Yitzchak ben Avram. Yitzchak is the son of Avram. And then it says, Avram had Yitzchak. If, he's the, if Yitzchak is the son of Avram, obviously he had Yitzchak. So what is he repeating it for? And he tells us, that the Leitzonei Hadar, the jokesters of the time, were saying that Sarah really became pregnant from Avimelech. So therefore Hashem made a miracle that Yitzchak looked very much like Avram. It was obvious that Avram was his father. So the question is, why over there, by Henika Bonim Sarah, does Rashi attribute these um, disparaging remarks to the society ladies, the Sarais, and over here he says, the jokesters, the lowly people. Why the difference? And the question becomes even greater because the Gemara gives it as one continuous thing that first the women were saying it and then this, also the women, the society ladies and then they invited the, the ministers, the important people together with their wives and the women were saying that she, can't, she didn't really have a baby. The men were saying that she became pregnant from, from Avimelech. Or rather, they were saying that, uh, well, if just Kosara could have a baby at 90, does that mean Avram could have a baby at 100? So, in other words, the Gemara is still attributing it to the society people. But Rashi changes it and he says that it was the, the jokesters. Why? The reason is because, the, the, in regards to Sara, it was an, a mind boggling thing that Sara, which was known that she already was too old to have children, and suddenly she had a child. So therefore, normal thinking people, important people, would also have that question, and they would pose that question. Did you really have the baby? But in regards to Avram, 
him it was not a big deal. Everybody knew he had a child at seventy at eighty six. So why are they? Who would question whether Avram really could have a child? That's not so mind boggling. That was, you know, not so outstanding. So who would make such a disparaging remark? Not the thinking people. Only the jokesters. That's why Rashi says it was the low lives that said it. They don't care about the truth. They just have to make a joke. The joke works. The joke works. Say it. People laugh. That's all he cares about. So that's why Rashi makes that difference because it's a completely different story because Avram was able to have children. But of course Hashem wanted to make sure that even the low life should not be able to say that. That's why he made Yitzchak look like Avram. Hakoil, he'idu hakoil. Then everyone had to admit, meaning even the low lives had to admit it. So now the question is, why by Yishmol does Rashi not say anything? The reason is because the same two differences that we see by Avram, we also see by Yishmol. The comparisons in the age, a hundred to seventy, which shows that the strength and virility of Avram, of Avram. The same comparisons between Yishmol 130, also to show his, his strength. And the comparison between 30 and 7 that shows um, purity of sin was because Yishmol had already done tshuva at the age 30. At age 30 he already did tshuva. In other words, once you know what these comparisons are teaching you by Avram, you already know what they're teaching by Yishmol. It's the same thing. And Rashi doesn't have to repeat it. But the question still is, Rashi over there by Yishmol says, and he says, the Pasuk says, and these are the years, the age of Yishmol. So Rashi says, why does the Torah tell us the age of Yishmol? What do we care about how old Yishmol was? And he answers, it's in order to know certain details about Yaakov's life because by telling us the age of Yishmol, we now have uh, points of reference and we learn from that that there's 14 years missing in Yaakov's life from what the Torah tells us about it. So we know that he learned in Yeshiva for 14 years. We know that from the fact that he tells us what, how old Yishmol was and we know how old Yaakov was and when he ran and when he came. So we know that he learned 14 years. The whole reason we're told Yishmol's life span is so that we know about Yaakov. So what do, then why do we need to be told Shona, all these details that also must be in relation to Yaakov. If the whole age of how old Yishmol was only to tell us about Yaakov's life, so then the details about the qualities of Yishmol's life also have to be about Yaakov's. It would also have to be about Yaakov. So we have to understand what that is. So to explain, what do we learn from the age demarcations of Yishmol? Also, then it would, when he was 100 years old, he was already about Shuvah at that time. How do we know? Because Yishmol did Shuvah before Avram died. How do we know that? Because it says that uh, they, they buried him. Who buried him? Yitzchak and Yishmol. So Yishmol allowed Yitzchak to go first, even though Yishmol was older. In other words, that he already became mature enough and about Shuvah enough to know that Yitzchak has to go first. So we know from there that he did tshuva during the lifetime of Avram. How old was Yishmol when Avram died? Yishmol was 89 years old when Avram died. Because he was 14 years old when, uh, sorry, he was, Avram was 86 years old when Yishmol was born and he died at 175. So there's the 89 years. So in other words, before the age of 100, he was already about tshuva. So Rashi tells us that even though Yishmol was already about tshuva, in fact, he was already considered a tzaddik 
because the Torah describes his death as Vayikva, which means he expired, which is a term used only in the passing away of Tzadikim. So Yishmael was already considered a Tzadik, so you might think that he was, you know, he's a Tzadik, you can compare him to Yaakov, so no, it's all about telling us about Yaakov. Whatever Yishmael was a Tzadik, Balshuva Yaakov was much greater than that. It's really all about Yaakov. What does 30 years tell us? 30 years by even regular people is the optimum of strength. That's when a person is the strongest. Ben It's obvious that that is a time of strength. Yishmol, who was an outdoorsman and he was Yadabakov, but he was aggressive and he was involved with everybody, he had super strength. When you look at Yaakov's life, so Rashi tells us that when Yaakov came to Choron, and at that time he was 77 years old, there was a boulder that was put on top of, uh, of the well where he, went, when he, where he eventually met Rachel and he said to the shepherds why aren't you uh, watering your sheep and they said no we can't push this uh, boulder off we need everybody to come and all together we push it off Yaakov just went and pushed it off as Rashi says like he was pulling a cork out of a bottle so Yaakov at 77 had super strength that it took a bunch of shepherds to match the strength of Yaakov. So in other words, even in strength, Yaakov outpaced Yishmol incredibly. And what's outstanding about the age of seven? Seven is the age of innocence. Children have no sin, they're free of sin, and you would think that, well, at least in that, Yishmol and Yaakov are similar because they're, you know, they're both innocent, they're both children. At least there they should be the same. So Rashi says, no, even there, it's all about Yaakov rather than Yishmol, because Yaakov was the daughter, the son of Sarah, and Yishmol was the son of the maidservant. Their entire being was different. There's no comparison between, the, between them at all. In other words, that in every detail of the age of Yishmol, it's not said so much to describe the quality of Yishmol, but to tell us that Yaakov is way greater even than all that. And the whole thing is told only to tell us qualities of Yaakov.